Thank you, Jacques. Oh, there I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was an amazing moment. It was an amazing moment. Yeah, I'm just wearing my backpack because apparently this is Africa and I have valuables in here. So, uh, yeah. How about if I put it up here so I'll know someone will, someone gets it. You know, um, it's interesting, like we drive around, we see all these cut glass, all these electric wires, and you know, we hear how dangerous it is. But actually our experience has been amazing. Like when I think of Africa, I think of you guys. I mean, we just love you guys. And you guys are so near and dear to us. Um, and for the longest time, you know, we wanted to have a team come down, and fortunately we did. We had 20 Americans fly, like, I flew 41 hours from door to door. It was a long haul. And, uh, you know, I just said, hey, you guys got to see this. And they did, and they're like, you know what, we know what you're talking about now. And so thank you. You know, thank you guys. You're, you're, you're amazing. And I just really want to say thank you to Jacques and Jeanette. Um, when this whole idea of transitioning was just this small idea. I talked to Lon Whalen, and he said, you know, you should have someone start praying with you. And Jacques and Jeanette started praying. And then they had these words and these super encouraging, just words from the Lord, scriptures. And it was like, you know, there's that proverb that says, a word spoke in season is like apple set in sil uh, settings of silver. It was just the perfect word at the perfect time. And how many people know, like, when you go through dark times, when things seem hopeless, then all of a sudden God throws you a lifeline, and it's like, thank you, Lord, I can make it at least until tomorrow. So I just want to say thank you. You guys got great shepherds here, amazing shepherds. So yeah, just give them a hand. <laughs> thank you so much. And you know, I'm super humbled here. I, I feel like, man, I'm among legends. I remember when I was a kid, I played basketball, and I was in a basketball league, and um, so we won our little division, and then we got to play this other team who won their division. And actually, we played for the Lakers. It was during their halftime. If you know basketball, like Lakers are it. You know, you see the Lakers and Kobe Bryant and all these names. You probably don't know who they are, but they were a big deal. And I remember we played during halftime, and I was just a little kid, and there was these Laker legends like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I was like, wow. And sort of, I sort of feel like that here. I mean, you guys are legends, really, in my book and in our book. Um, and in one sense, it's interesting. Oh, one more thing is our, our, we have one of our elders, his name is Patrick Moy. He was here last, uh, yeah, in May when I was here. And he actually just had a big surgery. He, they, he had open heart surgery. They thought they could do a small procedure, but they ended up being a big procedure. What they actually did is they took his heart out. They connected his body to a machine that circulated his blood. Can you imagine your heart is disconnected from your body? And they repaired some stuff and they put it back. It was like a nine hour surgery. So he is in recovery. And you know what? Can I just film you guys and you guys just say like, we love you, Patrick, or something like that, you know? Um, uh, so when I'm, I'm gonna do on the count of three and I'll just do a pano and you guys just say, we love you, Patrick, and I'll show it to him and it'll really make his day. So, all right, one, two, three. All right, thank you so much. <laughs> and Patrick, thanks you. Um, 
So my desire this, this, this evening is to really make a deposit. You know, it's like when you go to the bank, you can make a deposit, just cash a check and break even, or make a withdrawal. And I really want to make a deposit. And I feel like I don't have a whole lot to say anymore because really a lot what I was going to say has been spoken <laughs> through the prophetic. It's interesting how God always does that. Um, but what I really felt is something out of Psalms 139 for you guys. In Psalms 139, for this, for you, is it's just, it's part of it is a season of wonder. Like in the beginning of Psalms 139, it says, "Lord, you know me. You know when I go in. You know when I come out. You saw me in my mother's womb." And it's this wonder of God and who he is and how he knows us and how he loves us. And then it ends in verse 23 and 24. It says, but search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so I, I want to talk about and just share a little bit about that tension. Because we're drawn to the Lord because he's so amazing. Can, can you turn up the, the, the Psalms 139, 1 to 6? Might as well just get to it real quick right now. Yeah, it says, O oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know, the Lord searches each one of you and he knows you. The Bible says he knows the very hair on your head. He knows you. He knows your idiosyncrasies, what makes you tick, what you hate, what you like. I mean, it's amazing. And then it says, you know, when I sit down, and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You know, I've been married 26 years, and my wife and I are still having struggles over figuring each other's thoughts. <laughs> but the Lord knows our thoughts from afar. Think about that. He knows what you're thinking, which is kind of scary sometimes. <laughs> and then it says, you search out my path and my lying down. You know, when you're at bed at night, head is on the pillow, he sees you. And you are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. He knows everything you're going to say. He knows everything about you. Let's go to verse 5. It says, you hem me in behind and before. So if I go ahead or if I go behind, he hems me in. He's protecting me. His angels are watching over me, he says, and you lay your hand upon me. You know, what greater prayer you have for your children is like, Lord, let your hand rest upon them. And how many, I've, I've had people pray and says, Lord, let your hand rest upon him. And his hand does rest upon you. And then it says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. It blows your mind. <laughs> California International Version. It blows your mind. That it's, it's too wonderful for me. So then let's go back to verse 23 and 24 at the end. But yet the Lord knows us so much. And then David says, well, search me, O God. But like in the beginning, it's like he knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows everything about you. But yet David invites the gaze of the Holy Spirit into his life. And he says, know my thoughts. You know, it says he, he knows your thoughts before you even think it. And then David invites the Lord to come in and know his thoughts. I mean, it's almost a bit of a contradiction. 
And then it says, see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And for me, it feels like this evening is almost a wrap-up of the conference. And even all these words, like, Lord, you're amazing. And, you know, how many people were at, like, the mosh pit down there jumping and praising God? And, you know, I looked around, and everybody's teary-eyed and sweaty. And, you know, that's a, good, that's a sign that the Lord's moving. It was awesome. And then yet, like, you have one of these preachers go up, and you would get cut to the heart. Like, Lord, I'm so selfish. Or, Lord, I'm sinful. I have this hidden sin in me. So yet, on the one hand, we're worshiping the Lord and we're praising the Lord, and then the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes in. And a couple of those words that were just given were, were similar. It was like, Lord, I don't want any obstacle in my life. So it's that tension between being in wonder of God, how amazing He is, how intimate He is, and at the same time, inviting the gaze of the Holy Spirit to search our heart. It's this tension, and we need both. And even Mervis was talking about holiness. And we can stand, and we can worship, and we, we, we give the Lord honor and glory and worth and holiness. And yet, in, our, in ourselves, the Lord calls us to live holy lives. But part of that process is allowing the Lord's gaze into our hearts into our lives, and let the Holy Spirit cut us and shape us, remove stuff, have us confess stuff, have us almost strip down and say, Lord, look at me and, and take anything away in me that's not of you. So I wanted to do things. I had a big preach, so that's basically my preach. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, I like this guy. We can go home early today, uh, but it, it, not so fast. Um, so I want to invite some of our um, our team up, the Americans, uh, Hannah, Crystal, Dylan, Linda, Bella, Rob, and Jeffrey. And uh, why don't you guys come on up? And we're just, you know, what I want to do is, is ask them to, sh I've asked them to share, what did God do for you this week? What was the wonder or what was the cutting, cutting of you? And, you know, I'm going to bring it all around in, in, the, in the, the end, but I just want to invite uh, them to share. And, um, you know, hopefully, my, my prayer is, each one of these will leave a deposit at least in one person. And that when you leave, you'll leave cut to the heart in a good way, but yet in awe and wonder, more awe and wonder of God. So first, Jeff, why don't you start? And so this is the rules. Um, if I come and I put my hand on you, it means, okay, we need to land the plane, all right? <laughs> okay. The first couple days of the conference, I guess the first day is like, oh man, this is awesome. Taking notes, love the praise and worship, good stuff. You just feel like God's downloading stuff. Second day, ooh, there's some stuff that's kind of like, oh wow, the Lord's working on my heart. And then I remember the third morning on Friday morning, walking onto the field and somebody asking, so how's the conference going for you? And I'm like, man, it's good, but it's, it's hard. The Lord is gentle, but he's pointing out some stuff. And I had to share um, one of the things I felt like the Lord saying, you need to slow down and make sure that your wife is in step. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I want to go do stuff and serve the Lord. I want my life to count for the Lord. And so I think, feel like I'm running ahead a bit, you know. And then the Lord's saying, you need to take account of your wife. You need to listen to your wife. You need to go at your wife's pace because he's called us to be together. 
not to be apart, but to be together, to serve him together. And then I get to, to Pa Clarence and Ma Azalea's house on Saturday, and they, Clarence is kind of telling me the same thing, and he's sharing his heart and his story, and it's really similar, and so it's like confirmation that, yeah, the Lord is speaking that to me, so. Hi, I'm Linda. <laughs> um, let me just ask the Lord what he wants me to share. So I adore worship. And early on when my husband and I were moving uh, in the spirit, uh, we were fortunate to be part of a church that was moving in the spirit. The level of worship was so amazing. And then came many years of, honestly, dryness. It almost seemed like there wasn't space for me to worship the Lord in a corporate setting. I could do it on, on my own with the Lord in my quiet time. But in a corporate setting, there were so many, I don't know, restrictions. And I have a loud voice, and sometimes my, I almost felt like I was singing too loud or I wasn't acting appropriately. And, um, but, you know, once you, once you experience that level of worship, of intimacy with the Lord in a corporate setting, you long for it. It's a place that fills your heart. And uh, so um, just coming this weekend um, to experience that level of worship um, was such a blessing for me as, as, you know, we bless the Lord. Is he not worthy to be praised? And my desire was to take every bit of me out of it and just worship him. And, you know, Peter asked me um, what I was, uh, you know, what I had gotten out of, and so many other things. But, and I couldn't, I welled up, and he welled up, and we're like weeping over the beauty of the Lord and how worthy he is to be praised. And then the challenge is from the, from the conference to take that and have a lifestyle of worship, that everything that I do would be done unto the Lord that, because he is worthy. He's worthy. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, okay. Um, so we had a pre-conference dinner and prayer at Jacques and Jeanette's house, and it was really awesome. Um, and Dylan gave me a word that there was a box that Jesus was giving me, and um, I was carrying these burdens in my heart that I didn't even know I was carrying until he started speaking, and I was weeping, and like, okay, this is obviously something. And at first I was resisting because sometimes it's painful to bring those things up. And um, I finally just gave it to Jesus. I put it in that box, all these burdens, all these things that I was carrying that I shouldn't be carrying. And I put them at his feet. And then I was just looking up at Jesus. And then um, during the conference, there, someone um, had a prophetic song about plastic pearls. And I really felt um, God saying that everything in that box was these plastic pearls that I was holding on to that I thought was so pretty, so um, worth so much, and they were just rubbish. It was worthless. And instead, he was giving me just one small but beautiful, precious pearl in exchange for all of that. Hi, guys. I'm Bella, and it's Laka to be here. Laka. Um... <laughs> Um, so I went to City Bowl a week ago, um, and one thing that really stood out to me was the amount of young people that were there, and 
Uh, that's something I've really been longing for at our church because we do not have that many young people. I mean, this is like practically half of them right here. Um, and I just felt like the Lord was telling me that he's going to bring more young people to our church at Heritage. But I also felt like he was telling me um, our calling right now as young people and as, you know, all age groups is to befriend each, like, different age groups. Um, and I've been meeting with a woman from our church who's like 40 years older than me. Um, and sorry, backtrack real quick. The reason I want more young people is to have people to relate to. And then I started meeting with this woman from our church who's about 40 years older than me. And I relate to her more than like anyone I have ever met. And she has been able to speak so much life into me and it has just been amazing. And then at the conference, um, the one message that really stood out to me was Ashley Gabriel's when he, uh, he gave a message about Apollos and Aquila, Aquila and Priscilla. And um, Apollos was basically a younger man who was going around and teaching the word and he was solid in the word, but Aquila and Priscilla came to him and taught him the word more clearly. And um, his whole message was just about, you know, if you're an Apollos, if you're a young person, or if you're new in the faith, um, you need to be meeting with more mature Christians and people of different age groups. So yeah, that just really resonated with me. And if, you know, that sounds like you, if you don't have people outside of your age groups who you meet with daily, um, I really encourage you to. Yeah. Sure. That's another South African thing I've picked up is sure. Like during Andrew's preach on the last day, like I heard like after a really good point was made, it was like sure. And I was like, oh, I love that. I'm going to take that home. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm Crystal. And wow, this has been such actually a really healing time for me. Um, wow. At the beginning of the conference, I was... I was in that posture of like, hey, Lord, come and search my heart. And actually, he revealed a small part of my heart that I'm, I'm going to be honest, like that had some resentment against 412. And I'll explain why. Um, we joined 412 a couple months ago, and it was uh, very crazy. Um, I, we lost a lot. We have basically had a church split. And so... Peter's my dad, and I got to I got to have a front row seat to uh, what happened, and it was really intense. I I'm also I'm the youth director at our church, and so through this whole transition, it affected our youth. I just begun as the youth director, and all the kids left, um, all my friends left, and I had a front row seat to see people just go after my dad, and it was really hard, and I was like, what like. God, like, what is this? And there was just all this strife, and Andrew summed it up perfectly. It was war. But this was healing for me because I realized how much disunity we actually had in our church, and we are stepping into unity. And I remember, yeah, praise God. It's, and I remember being in the very first worship session and just like, oh, man, like, never feeling the power and presence of God and unity, just like, oh, it was so, it's indescribable, honestly. It's hard to describe in words, but like, wow, 
I would do it again. Sure, man, sure. Yeah, so that whole, just to sum it up, that whole experience, like looking back, like I said, I'd do it again, and it was such a gift from God, and I'm just so grateful for, like, we're here with you guys now. It's awesome. Thank you, Crystal. And then we have an honorary American here, Mr. Dylan. <laughs> he, uh, he's been in America quite a few times, plus he's our, he, we're hosting him, and he's big, and this is Africa, so it's really welcome. So thank you for being like our bodyguard, too. Yeah, so I had two things in that happened. So one was also when, with Hannah, was uh, beforehand, that I, we had asked somebody to come share our community, and he spoke about mediocrity, how mediocre it had become, and he didn't want to ever get that place again. Sure, I'm going to get emotional about it. And um, sure, thanks. That stopped me crying immediately. <laughs> and it was, it was this, like, I've been in this church for 23 years. And I realized, like, you can, you can just sit in a chair here if you want to, forever and ever and ever. You can act like everything's cool. But you're doing nothing for God anymore. And I really felt like God ripped my heart out. This conference was just such a, like, a beautiful thing of God going, you can do this. I, I want you to do this. I want you to get onto that thing again and, and just go for it again. And then just really be sold out for the things and, and wait for Him. You know, like, we're always trying to jump ahead of God and, like, make plans and, and do those kind of things in our lives. And we can't. We can't do those things in our lives unless we have God's stamp of approval and His, and his timing. The other thing he said was he was 15 years too early and he waited. So he had gone to a place, waited, and thought, well, where's God? God told me to come here. And he had gone back and found a job and everything. And it just hit me like how quickly we say, okay, we're here, God. Okay, let's go. And that's not God's timing. God tells us what he wants us to do. But then we have to wait for when God's timing is perfect for us to do that. And then the second thing was something somebody said to me this morning. It was incredible like, we don't have it all together here as, as Josh Jen in, in, in ourselves, and, and these guys complete us. We needed them to come. It's been three years, and we haven't felt the same things that we felt while they were here. As much as we need them, they need us, and, and, and it's, a, it's a, such a, a unity of something that we, th we don't think we have it. We don't have it. We have God and each other, and if we don't get that thing, I think we're going to miss something very seriously. Thank you. And Dylan, Dylan, you had me at Shaw. <laughs> right, Rob, come on up. So Rob's a preacher, so I might have to put my hand on him. But uh, yeah, he has something God's burning in his heart. Yeah, um, my name's Rob. I grew up in, in Southern California, and um, I am a Pharisee <laughs> of the worst kind. Um, and I wanted to say thanks to Hannes wherever he is, for sharing what he did. Because um, I, I, I grew up in a church that was really performance-minded, and I soaked it up. I just, like, I, I loved it. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to do it all. And, um, sure, God, in the last, I don't know, let's say 10, 12 years, I don't know, I was still in it, but God started to chip away, you know? And um, I just, my, I'm always thinking like, oh, I wonder if I could, you know, what if they call me up, you know? And it's like, I think it's just nauseating to God. And um, I'm just, I'm like so sorry. But I've, I was talking to somebody today at Malkpas, um 
about the heaviness that the Holy Spirit's like brought on me this week. And I felt like, I feel like this bucket or pipe or something that over the last, you know, 15, 20, 25 years has just built up plaque and barnacles. And I felt like God's been chipping away at it for a long time, but this week was just like, <sighs> you know, like the water just rushed through. Several people mentioned things about the river and the water. And I was just like, yes, Lord, you know, just let it continue to wash away. But I just sensed, um, and I, I, you were crying behind me today. I just, that heaviness in a good sense, you know, the Holy Spirit's just been heavy. Has anybody, was anybody just like sometimes just unable to sing this week? It was just like, God, you're just so, I, got, I have no words, I, but I want more. It's like, it's like it's so heavy, but I just, I want to press into it more and more. And you're repenting and crying and unable to sing. And I just feel that God is wanting us to stay there. I just sense that, and, and maybe even tonight, you know, I asked Peter if we could maybe just take a second, if it's okay if we do that, just, if we just take a second and practice this and just honor the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I used to, I would be sitting over there like thinking about, oh, how can I be funny or how can I impress people? And it's just, I died, you know, we die a thousand deaths. I've been saying that to my wife a lot lately. We just died a lot of deaths. And, um, but let's just, I just wanna take a second if it's okay and just let the Holy Spirit just continue to wash. And, and Jacques said it today and a couple other people that this is, and Hannah said it today several times this morning, that it really, it starts here. It doesn't end here. Real life starts tomorrow. And Holy Spirit, we just, we want you to continue to do your work. We're sorry where we've been fleshly. And uh, we just let you in. We just let you in. Why don't you stand up and put your hands up and, uh, or, or your hand on your heart and, and just let the Holy Spirit come. R Rob, why don't you just continue to lead us in that prayer. Father, we just, we want your Holy Spirit Andrew said something earlier this week that was, it's really good that Jesus left so that he could come and work in our heart. And Lord, we let you in today. And we just let your wonderful water and your wind just blow out and wash away our flesh. We we want to work out with fear and trembling. Some of us literally are just trembling, God, and we want you to come in and do your work, and we want to stay here. Remain in me. Let my word remain in you, and you will bear much fruit. And Holy Spirit, we invite you again to come in, and we just want to stay in this place every day and we continue to die to ourselves. That's, that's our job. The Holy Spirit's not gonna do that. God, we give you the room and the time and we thank you so much for your work, God. Yes, Lord, thank you, amen. All right, you guys can be seated. I just have two quick things. Amen. Um, two quick things. How do we have God search us?
What's the practical ways? <laughs> um, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. What does that look like? I just want to give you two quick handles on that. First is invite an outside gaze into your life. In Ephesians 5.21, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And part of submission is opening your life to somebody, like an elder, your calm group leader, a trusted friend, and say, can you search me? And can you know, can you give me feedback on my life? I open myself to you and allow the Holy Spirit to use that person to point out areas in your life that maybe just need a little bit of adjustment or big adjustments. Um, you know, living in Southern California is like Cape Town. We have a lot of sun. I'm fair-skinned. So as you get older, you know, I start getting these little crusty things in my body. And, you know, my, my grandmother had skin cancer and my brother. So I, every so often I go to the doctor, the dermatologist. And it's kind of embarrassing. You know, he makes you strip down to your underwear or, as they say in Spanish, chonies. It's a much more friendly word. <laughs> so here I am. At, I'm at my doctor's, Dr. Green. And... You know, he has these glasses on, these like microscopes, and you know, I'm on my chonies, and it's kind of cold, and you know, I, I'm just, you know, I just, man, did I take a shower today? I think I did, you know, and, and he looks at you, and he starts examining your whole body, and it's vulnerable, and then all of a sudden, he's like, aha, uh -huh. and he gets out this little, um, uh, it's like a freezer gun. Have you ever had something burned off, like for skin cancer? And it really hurts. And then it leaves this welt, but actually after a week or two, it goes away and you're, you know, a lot of it is potential cancer and they get it and you can go back in the sun and do the same thing we always do. <laughs> so a lot of times we invite the outside gaze of someone you trust, someone who's good at it, and someone who can look at you and it might be a little uncomfortable, it's like you feel like you're in your chonies and you're vulnerable, and then they're going to like hit something and it's that freezer burn and it hurts a little bit, but it'll go away and then, and then, you know, you'll get better. So the first thing is invite that outside gaze. And then the second thing is sometimes what the issue is, is not on the outside, it's what's on the inside. And that's where we need the Holy Spirit, like Rob was saying. It's on the inside. And how do we know? You know, how do we, sometimes we have these symptoms on the outside and we're like, ooh, that hurts. I wonder what that is. And there's no, you know, you can have someone look on the outside and they're like, I don't see anything. Um, but then if you invite the gaze of the Holy Spirit, he's so faithful and he'll come in and expose whatever needs to get exposed and cut it out sometimes. You ever heard of Jesus the surgeon? <laughs> well, there's Jesus the surgeon and sometimes when we invite the gaze of the Holy Spirit and we want that holiness in us, something needs to get cut out. So I'll tell you a story. So my wife, one of my claims to fame is my wife's a doctor. Um, I remember the first time when I got married, um, I went to my accountant and was doing my taxes and he's, I was like, yeah, I got married this year. And he's like, he goes, oh, what does is, what is your wife do? And I was like, oh, she's a doctor. And I remember the, the, uh, the accountant, he's like, chiching. <laughs> So, um, but my wife is, 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 is called to be a doctor in a lot of ways. But, um, so one time she had this patient, and this guy had had a mountain biking accident. 
and he was going down and he lost control and he hit this tree and all these, uh, you know, basically a lot of the tree embedded in him. And it wasn't like this big branch, you know, sticking out. It was a lot of little stuff. So they rushed him to the hospital and they took everything out and they're like, okay, you're good to go. They took an x-ray and they're like, you know, we don't see anything. You're good to go. So he healed up. And a couple months later, he's like, yeah, this area in my chest is really hurting. And so he went to a doctor, and his, his primary doctor, and the doctor said, you know what, I, I don't see anything. And they took an x-ray, and they don't see anything. So my wife's a surgeon, so they, he referred uh, this patient to my wife. And she looked at him, and she touched it, and it was tender. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what it is. And, you know, she took an x-ray, and they didn't see anything. And then so they said, well, the best way to do, you know, what the only thing we can do next is take you into the, the operating room and open you up and see what's in there. And um, so actually, I have this on video. Just, just wait just one sec. It's a cool video. So if you're a little queasy, you might, like, want to have a little bag just in case. But my wife has this Instagram thing. It's Dr. Elvira Klaus. And you have to have the stomach for it. Don't eat it during, um, you know, while you're eating. My favorite uh, week was she posted a bunch of stuff. She called it Pus Week. I, I won't tell you what that's about. <laughs> anyway, so they opened up this guy, and here's the video. This is a gentleman that got impaled in a um, tree branch while bike riding. And was told that he was okay. Oh, my goodness. This is not okay. That's not okay. Okay. Thank you. Right. This is a gentleman that got impaled in Okay, a, you can um, stop it. <laughs> tree branch. We all have to eat after this. That, that was it. So basically, the guy had part of the tree branch in his chest. And I asked my wife, well, how could that be? Why didn't they see it? Why didn't the x-rays? What happened was the tree branch was perfectly aligned with one of the ribs. The rib covered that tree branch. So she had to open him up, and he healed up, and he's good today. But he's famous. <laughs> so how often do we have issues in our life, deep issues, and we're like, you know, I'm reading the Bible, and people are looking at my life, and nobody can find it. And... The Holy Spirit sometimes is the surgeon, and he'll show you things in your life that need to be removed, and only he could do it. So my challenge is, and I want to, um, in a second, I'm going to invite you up to, to just open yourself to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, is there anything? You know, maybe you, maybe you just lie a lot. You know, every so often you just can't help it. You know, and maybe it's a deep root issue, and that's the symptom, but there's something in you that the Lord wants to remove, whatever it is. Sometimes we fight against the symptoms instead of the root. So what we did uh, last year, we, we went on a lot of fasts. So I would encourage you, possibly as a church, to spend a time and ask the Holy Spirit to examine you as a church, as individuals. And see what comes up. See what comes up. I remember I did that once, and all of a sudden God showed me something that I needed to confess to my wife that had happened years earlier. I didn't think it was a big deal, and I did. And it was like, 
Because every time I thought about it, I had this little pain. And the answer was confessing that, that incident that had happened. And once I did that, it was like that tree branch came out and I healed up and I was fine. So let's just close our eyes right now. Lord, in Psalms 139, we just read how wonderful you are and that you know us and that you love us and you're for us and you love to lavish us with your presence. And yet, let us be like David to say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would search our hearts, that we wouldn't work on the symptoms, we would work on the root problems, oh God. We wouldn't try to do stuff just to cover up the, and mask the issue, but Lord, we want to allow you just to open us up and say, take that from me, Lord. Just let the Lord speak to you right now. Like Rob said, the Holy Spirit's here. You know, and confession is a powerful thing. It's kind of like when that little tree branch came out of that patient. He was whole after a simple little act. And I just feel that there is people here who need to just confess stuff. And it's hard to do that. But it's the only way sometimes.